Boys, this is Dude to Bet Sports. Dude to Bet Sports, it's your favorite show. Dude to Bet Sports, where degenerates go. Dude to Bet Sports, time to change your approach with Aaron Holderman and his father, the coach. Let's ride. Well, the Associated Press is full of shit. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Dudes Who Bet Sports Show. The sun's out for the first time in like three days, right when we come on the air, so that's nice. But uh, it, it is the sun is finally shining here in the Ozarks, and uh, we've got a lot to talk about today, racing wise and sports wise. Papa Dude, how are we this week? Uh, I'm great. Looks good out there. Uh, I think we're going to get above freezing. We may already be above freezing today. Yes. For the first yes. time since uh, Saturday, Sunday, I think. We've been in a sub-zero, uh, temp- not zero, but sub-30 temperatures with ice on the ground, and it's been kind of fun, really, if you don't have yeah. to do anything. When you don't time. have to leave the house, it is fun, for sure. <laughs> the main roads have been clear for the yeah. most part. For sure. Well, we've, uh, like I said, it's we've got a lot to, going on, a lot to talk about, and it's going to be a mostly Oakland Park show. Before we get into this week's Oakland races, let's kind of look back to last week for just a second. You had Arabian Night in the Southwest. You had some horses that a lot of people thought were pretty darn excited uh, about, but in the end, it was Arabian Night all the way. Yeah, as I said on this show and the Daily Show. I'm one that has to be, I have to see him. He'd only run a, a maiden, and I like to see him beat somebody. I don't exactly know how strong the field was. That'll, we'll figure that out down the line. But the track was awful. He went wire to wire. What else is he supposed to prove? You know, yeah. all you can do is win the race you're in. And he did, and he won it easy. <clears throat> so there's a lot to be excited about with this one. Um, and Bafford came to... Oakland, which I think is pretty important because he usually doesn't, mm-hmm. which means he either wanted to get out of California or he really likes his horse. So yeah. uh, I, I want to add, I, I'm sure you guys have talked about this, but so as I understand it, none of the Baffert horses can run in the Kentucky Derby, correct? Well, as of now. You have to... As of right now, you have to ha- have them transferred out of his care by uh, the 1st of March. Okay, uh, so they can run, but he can't train them. Correct, yes, yes. As of right now, that could change. You know, I think there's appeals in process right now. But as of now, that is the rule, yes. And that's basically what it was last year too, right? Well, last year, it was just the rule was they could not earn Kentucky Derby points with his him as a trainer, but he could change them like the day before the, the day before they okay. enter, let's say, and it's fine. This year, they changed the rule where if they're in his if, – if he's training them after February 28th, then it doesn't matter if they transfer. He, he can't uh, – he cannot uh, – you know, they cannot earn Kentucky Derby points. Okay. Again, they're appealing for it. Um, and, and we'll see what happens with that ruling. But as of now, that is the rule that's been put okay. in place. So wherever his horses aren't banned, mm-hmm. which there are some tracks he can't run at, right? Virtual Downs and the Naira Circuit are the only two. Okay, right? that's what I thought. Mm-hmm. So he can go in any prep he wants with his horses and win all these preps. Mm-hmm. But theoretically, he can't train the horse in the Derby. But the horse can run in the Derby if somebody else is training him. Yeah, by March the 1st. Right. They can't earn points under his name, and they cannot run under his name. Exactly. Um, but, and again, it could change, but that is the rule right now. 
Um, and that complicates things with a horse like Arabian Night. Where's he going to run? Who's he going to be with? All that kind of stuff. And uh, like I've said for a while now, it's I hate it. Like it to me, well, it the handicappers and and the fans a lot more than it does Bob Babbitt. Well, it's not good for racing. No, it's not. It's really not. If something happens and the best horses can't participate yeah. in the Derby, yeah. you know, uh, because. Let's face it, you, a lot of people think, okay, well, heck, you give him to another trainer for two months, what's he going to do to mess him up? Yeah. He's not He's not Bob Baffert. Whoever you give him to is not Bob Baffert. The guy's got great horses for a reason. Mm -hmm. he, you know, you may not like him, but he is a great trainer. There's, yeah. there's no doubt about it. He knows how to get a horse ready to run. Sure. And that's why he keeps getting them, even though they had this restriction. And yeah. I was wrong uh, that the Naira ban was lifted last week. I must have missed that news. So, okay. uh, but Michael would definitely know. I'll trust his opinion on it. So yeah. that means he can run in the Belmont. Um, another thing that it's kind of been speculated and there's no, you know, I have no idea if this is going to happen or not, but what if they just keep him with Baffert and they try to run in the Preakness of the Belmont and they can't yeah. forget that and not the Derby. We kind of speculated that could happen last year. It didn't. Uh, maybe it happens this year. I don't know that for a fact, but that is something that you might keep an eye on. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe a trainer or two, or a, uh, excuse me, an owner or two, maybe they take that route. They might. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought he was great, though. Uh, if you get oh, to pass that, uh, yeah. he, he was great. And he took step one of, you know, a couple more steps. Obviously, they're going to have to be taken, but that was a big test and he passed it. So, mm -hmm. what can you do there? Um, Gunite, let's talk about him. Yeah, great. He was awesome in the King Cotton. What do you think of Gunite? Well, it's kind of like you said on our show last week. If he's in form, it's men against the boys, pretty yeah. much in that race, and that's kind of what he did. He he just looked different, didn't he? He just looked different than the rest of them, and he is when yep. he's on. I think he's going to have a great year. Yep, I'll be surprised. Uh, I, I, what about the other Baffert horse, uh, uh, the, the San Vicente? Uh, Do you like that one too? That, I mean, it was an all Baffert field just about, but he looked good. Yeah, having a meltdown looked good. He said right after the race he's going to be a sprinter, and uh, so that they don't look for Kentucky Derby. But hey, there's still a lot of good sprint races that he can go yeah. win, and I think he'll be tough in them. Uh, I liked Faustin's effort. Uh, he was second in the race. He is not a sprinter whatsoever, and right. so that's kind of a big thing uh, to kind of look at it and say, well, when he stretches out, he's probably going to be a lot better. He probably shouldn't be real competitive with a horse like having a meltdown at six or seven furlongs. So right. I think both of them, I don't think they're uh, Arabian night cave rock types, but I think they're maybe right there in that kind of that next set. So yeah. I thought they were good. I think, I think both of them are going to, going to be pretty good horses down the line as well. Um, yeah, the, the other one to talk about at Oakland, we talked about uh, wet paint, right? In the Martha Washington, we, we were able to beat the heavy uh, uh Kitty McPeak, Kenny McPeak favorite in there with wet paint for Brad Cox. Uh, any thoughts on her? I thought it was an okay race, something great. What about you? Yeah, I'm the same. The horse did show a lot of promise, though, and uh, probably have to look at this one to see if it takes that next step. I guess the next one they go into, what, the fantasy, I believe, is next. Mm -hmm. The next race for... It'll be the Honeybee Fantasy. Do what? 
the honeybee and then the, the honeybee. Yeah. Do you think he will keep that horse there? Seems like he probably will the way they ran. I mean, I thought that was pretty good, uh, yeah. a pretty good effort. And uh, yeah, I think they'll keep him right there. And, you know, sometimes they'll skip that honeybee and go right to the fantasy. Sometimes they'll run in both. So he's got options there. Um, I think he's got, a little bit easier route with Hoosier Philly down at uh, fairgrounds in New Orleans. Yep. So I think he'll stick right there. And I need to. Yeah. And he knows what he's doing. He's another guy you don't need to worry about. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> exactly. So a couple comments before we get into the handicapping department here. Uh, Rodney says he read where Arabian night won't be back to either the Arkansas Derby or the Santa Anita Derby makes a ton of sense. That's probably, mm-hmm. uh, you know, where, where he should show up next. Um, I'm just going to throw this out there. Santa Anita Derby, Preakness. I think it makes a ton of I think it would be really hard to beat if he skipped the Derby and went yeah. to the Preakness and just stayed right there with Bobby. I, I would, with a horse like this that's light, lightly raised, God, I would almost try it. I, I really think that's such a logical step. And uh, it's also kind of a F you to Churchill Downs. Absolutely. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, I just think. Yeah. It's not crazy, you know. I'll show, I'll show you, boys. You don't want my horse there. Well, we won't go. We'll mess up the Triple Crown. How about that? He's got an owner that kind of got screwed out of that uh, Kentucky Derby as well with Medina Spirit. Maybe they just say the hell with them. We'll see on that. I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah, I did read where he's going to be back on one of those two races. And, look, he'll be the favorite most likely. Oh, you never know who else is going to be there. But he's going to be a short price for sure. Yeah, and Charge It is back um, this weekend. It'll be Sunday at Gulfstream Park, so it's fun to see Charge It back. I know you follow Charge It a lot. Kind of last year was your first year on the Derby Trail working with us, and he was impressive. He was. He kind of fizzled a little bit. I thought he was going to be a lot better than what he was. Well, he fizzled in the Derby, but he did yeah. come back and run really well after. And then, he did. He yeah. did. And it's good to see him back because we talked about last week, the older horses are a little – there's no superstars in there. There's somebody begging to come forward yeah, in that much. For sure. And maybe he's the one. We definitely need him for sure. Yeah. Like pointed out as well that lack of uh, horses in that division. One last question before we get to the handicapping, because I do have news on this horse. Uh, Rodney asked about golf park, Golfport. Where the heck is he at? They stopped on him, but he's back. He's training at Fairgrounds right now. He's had uh, three or four works. Don't quote me on that. It's one or the other. Three or four works back for Asmussen. I got a report on him. He's supposedly doing very well. So maybe keep an eye out for Golfport. He had a lot of talent. Um, we'll see what happens with him. Uh, but he's supposedly training extremely well down at Fairgrounds right now. So that's good. To, good to hear. That's one to keep an eye out on. Okay, let's go to the handicapping now portion of the show. We're gonna go. To Oakland Park, uh, we cover Oakland on this show. We're going to go to Saturday's feature race and the feature race of the week at Oakland first. It's race nine. It's the Bayacoa Stakes. Grade three race here, going a mile and a 16th, a purse of $250,000. Field of seven. Papa, dude, we've talked about these horses twice <laughs> on this show. They're <laughs> right back around again. They are. Go for it. Who do you like in the Bayacoa? We've, we've talked about three of them extensively. You know, we do have a new shooter in here that I think is uh, interesting, very interesting. So Ice Orchid and Lovely Ride and what is that, Leda Vida? Yeah, Leda Vida. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've talked about Powder River's been around. Yeah. So 
they're kind of going at it again. Last time, lovely ride, nosed out Isorga for the win by three quarters of a length. I'm going to go with the one. Brad Cox is sending in. I probably you pronounce that Amore. Uh huh. Yeah. And coming in from uh, Fairgrounds, one by three links in a 100K stakes race last time out. Coming in here, I don't think he'd ship this horse up here if he didn't think he could win. Uh, Lovely Ride has been very impressive, and there's really no reason not to bet against him. I would put him second, and I always have liked Ice Orchid. So I kind of like the number one. I'm going to put him on top with Lovely Ride and Ice Orchid. Put them second and third any way you want them. Uh, Shotty says, "Come on, Johnny Ortiz. I'm I'm going to try ice work it one more time in this spot. I love Here. the horse. Try to try her last time out, and boy, she didn't disappoint. She ran yeah. really, really well. She just could not catch Lovely Ride yeah. in the end. I just feel like you know the five going to put this horse in this race again. I thought last time out the five would press Lovely Ride, didn't do it." I think this time you got to do it. Just go press the seven a little bit. I think she'll come back to you, and it will uh, set it up for a horse like Ice Orchid, who I'll put on top. Leda Vita, who I think's got a big chance, and your horse, the number one as well, Amore. I think all of them can come get the uh, the six. Uh, excuse me, the seven lovely ride. You got to put a little pressure on that horse early. Mm -hmm. Hopefully somebody does it. But like you said, two for two, same type of horses each time, and she's just simply better than them. Yep. It's You're right about that five. It's got to go out and get the seven. I said the same thing last time, though, and I got yeah. so mad. It didn't really. Um, but, yeah, the five. Well, same trainer. Exactly. He's obviously putting that horse in to press the seven, right? Exactly. Yeah, and I just think this time – you're going to see it. You're going to see the five just go go out there and set it up for the other uh, Ortiz horse and, and, you know, just make things tough on Lovely Ride. And you've seen this twice. Same track, same same bunch of horses. Lovely Ride's been able to kind of control the pace. You can't let her do it again. Um, right. So you got to go out there and at least try. And then if she if you, if you faces pressure and she's still able to beat you, then you just tip your hat. But you got to make it difficult on her in the spot. That's what I'm hoping they do with her uh, here. Uh, now, any any interest in any kind of a long shot? I personally, I don't hear. No, I don't either. Yeah, I don't know if you call four a long shot, but you know, hasn't run bad. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I, I think these four are the class of the field. Yeah, I think you're right about that. I think it's gonna be one of those. You're on the number one as far as a top choice, and I am gonna be on the number three, and we'll see if we can. Get, get the job done this time and beat Lovely Ride. We've been trying to beat her. We, we've we're, tried. <laughs> we'll keep trying. Well, listen, we were hot on the show uh, last week, so maybe we can keep that up. All right, let's go two races earlier at Oakland Park because I think this one is a pretty big race as well and one that could produce a Kentucky Derby, uh, at least horse that will jump onto the trail right. and try a prep race next. It's race seven on the card, four three-year-olds, an allowance optional claimer going one mile $103,000 first field of seven here. A big favorite with Asusen and the number two gun pilot. If you forget about gun pilot, he was second last time out to verifying who we talked about. Very impressive. Mm -hmm. course. All right, Papa dude, are you going gun pilot? Or are you going elsewhere? Oh, I definitely. I, I think he's the class of the horse. It's a gun runner horse. You know, that immediately gets my attention. And I imagine it does you too. Sure. I hadn't done anything wrong. 
Got beat by a great horse last time out. No, no disgrace there. I think definitely the winner of this will be put on the Kentucky Derby trail, don't you? This is kind of a prep yep. for that. As Vic Stoffer says a lot down at Oakland, this is an allowance race with stakes quality horses in it. I'm pretty imp- – you're going to kind of laugh. I kind of like D. Wayne's horse. Yeah. The seven. I do too. Uh, ran really well last time out. Uh, finished third, but it was a real close third to two pretty darn good horses. Yeah. Uh, one was Frosted Departure, who didn't run bad the other day. And the other one was uh, – I believe it's a Broberg horse, isn't it? Or is it a Deodoro? Two Eagles River. Uh, That's a Hartman horse, actually. Hartman, yeah. Both have come back, and they've run well. This horse finished third. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's got a lot of experience, and this was over the track. So I like Bourbon Bash as second. My third pick would be uh, the sixth protege. This hasn't quite – he was very promising in his debut. Hasn't really run that well since. But Moquette's horses are running really, really well. At Oakland, it's it, we're got the same three in order. Uh, it, it's kind of crazy. I, I like Gun Pilot uh, as well, and uh, that'll make Shoddy happy because she has Gun Pilot on her fantasy team. And look, I, I think the race last time out kind of showed that he's not verifying good, but he still ran very well. Like I said, he beat two Eagles River. Um, I just think Gun Pilot from the rail here kind of controls the pace. And is the one to beat. I think he's going to be tough. Let's talk about Bourbon Bash. And you kind of mentioned it. Frosted Departure, Two Eagles River. Both horses came back. Like I said, got thirds and tough races the next start. Um, that day, uh, Frosted Departure, Two Eagles River kind of galloped away from everybody except for Bourbon Bash. You look, it's two links back to Bourbon Bash. Then it's another eight basically back yeah. to everybody else. So it kind of has a look of a, of a D-Wayne horse that, God, I mean, he's been in all kinds of just murder road type of races, taking on Forte and, uh, it, you know, and, and, and uh, you know, just really good horses. Might have found the spot here to where they can pick up a win with this horse. So stretching him out again. We'll see what happens. Protege, the sixth horse for uh, Moquette. That's who I have in third as well. Like I said, maybe we find out how good Hit Show is, a horse that was going to run last week, scratched, was going to run in the Withers. They called that race off. It'll be back next week. We'll see him eventually. You know, if Protege comes and wins, maybe that ups Hit hit Show's value a little bit. Uh, Hit Show beat this horse by four and a half. My deal is I'm not a huge fan of Hit Show. So, yeah, not a huge fan of Protege. Although, Protege did beat Lugan Knight on debut, and that horse went on to win the Jerome Stakes. So, He's got some class, without any doubt. Also, you know, this horse was against Giant Mischief and Arabian Lion up at Keeneland as well. So I get it if you want to play him. It makes sense. I just kind of want to get him out of there and maybe go a 2-7 straight exacta in this one and, and hope to do what we did in the Southwest. Uh, yeah. I mean, anybody else that kind of has a longer price, those three are going to be the logical ones. Anybody else can kind of upset this thing or no? Oh, not – not really. I kind of I looked at the four for just a second. The only thing about him, he has run a lot mm-hmm. and sometimes experience, but I don't think he win. Same with the five. They both have a lot of starts under their belt, but only one win. That's maiden. So they really haven't done anything. I I just the Bro Ware horse hasn't run that much. 
The other Asmussen horse, not you know, broke its maiden, and that's it. I don't believe it's run since, has it? Right, no. And that was in November mm-hmm. at Remington, which signals to me Asmussen doesn't doesn't think that horse was quite ready to run again because he usually brings him back. Yeah, and he, you know, he doesn't send the A-team, obviously, to Remington. That's not to say yeah. that they, they never have a good horse win at Remington. That's not true at all, but he's – you know, if that horse yeah. was really doing well, he probably would have been somewhere else. He does have an, a great pedigree. Right. Um, so. Don't you think he would have run at Oakland once before putting him in this race? Yeah. Or he would have debuted at Keeneland or, you know. Yeah. Airgrounds yeah. even. To, yeah. So uh, I think it's a good spot to try him. But oh, I'm yeah. not overly, you know, excited about him. I think he wasn't training very well is what I think. Or maybe a minor injury of some kind. And he's just kind of let him Get a little older, get a little stronger. Uh, you never can can overlook one of his, you know, because they can come out of nowhere somewhere and really run a good race. Yeah, no, I agree with that as well. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll just see. We'll just see yeah. what happens. Good race, really good race. It is. It is. It's going to be really interesting to see uh, how how this shakes out. Like I said, I think the winner is going to be right there and uh, going to be on the Derby Trail. Or, you know, maybe maybe the Rebel is the next uh, spot. Could be. So we'll see what happens there. All right. One more that we'll talk about here before we'll go on to some early Super Bowl talks. Let's go to Sunday at Oakland. We'll, and this is uh, the feature race of the day on Sunday. It's going to be a good one. An allowance going six furlongs here, uh, $105,000 purse. Uh, we've got a field of seven. We've got the return of Cogburn. That's kind of why I'm going to talk about this one. I think yeah. this horse could be a good one. Um, and we also have Chasing Time, a horse yeah. that had a lot of pub last year as well. So Asmussen kind of leading the the, the the way here. Going Asmussen or are we going somewhere else? Well, obviously Cogburn's been hurt, right? Right. Yeah, he's – He's obviously had some troubles. Yeah. Yes, he hasn't run since May of last year, and he was running great. So there was no reason to shut him down. So obviously he's had some problems. So this will be his first start since May. That's always sketchy. You kind of got to watch it. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting that he's starting him back on an allowance, so he's going to kind of get him in where he thinks he belongs to get that first race in. Uh, I think if he's right – He's the favorite, don't you? We don't have any odds, but I would assume he will be the favorite. Yeah. Um, the other horse, remember that allowance race? He won at Oakland last year. I think it was in early uh, – it was in December of 2021. Remember that one when we saw him? Oh, boy, there's a superstar. Absolutely. He yep. never did develop. Uh, and he was in some – Races where he may have been over his head, but he looked like major talent, and he, he never came around. He's been off since August, so he's interesting too. So there's your two, you know, probable winners, possible winners, ones I think will probably be favorites. Then you got to look at the two. I kind of looked at the two. Did you look at Improbable Journey at all? Yeah, I think he's interesting. He, he yeah. kind of has that recency edge a little bit. Uh, if he runs a race two back, he's got yeah. a big shot, you would think. Yeah, one by four and a half links. And, uh, you know, Larry Jones is a good trainer. So I'm going to go with the one, and then I'm going to put the two second, and then chasing time third. So I went one, two, six. I didn't see anything else. I don't. D Wayne's horse, again, is another horse that just 
overplaced, you know. I think he gets I think those horses get tired of getting beat, you know. Yep. He hadn't shown much. I'm trying to think. I looked at the five a little bit. I was okay, we'll lead into that one because I okay. was gonna bring up the one, two, five. So yep. I think he covered the one and two pretty well. I, I'm not a huge fan of chasing time. I'm gonna leave right. him off here. Um just like you you said it pretty well, like blew out that allowance field and everybody's like, okay, he's coming on and yep. then he just kind of sucked the rest of the time. He so did. I, he didn't do anything. Yeah, I'm not really on to him. But the five is interesting to me. Once upon a time, the five was running big races. Yep. And just, uh, you know, got a second by a neck, then won two straight races at Oakland Park. It's like, this life as hard horse is pretty darn good. Mm -hmm. And then we fell apart. We went to Churchill and we did nothing. Like, okay, well, you have a bad race every now and then. And then bumped pulled up, vanned off the next time, and then we haven't seen him since. Right. I think if they got him ready to roll and he shows up with his best race, he's the upsetter in this spot. Yeah, you're probably right. Does being vanned off bother you? Not necessarily. No. Okay. No. Um, I mean, let me, let me rephrase that. Not when it's a horse that's – or a, a trainer that's had success because it's kind of like, yeah, they know when he's ready to run again. He or she is ready to run Right. Again. You know, so yeah, I, I, it doesn't really bother me. I think the horse will show up and run pretty well in this spot. We've seen talent and look, the two races where the horse was not good, well, obviously the van off. The other one was at Churchill. They're both at Churchill at Oakland. This horse has ran extremely well, you yes. know, at all three starts. So back at home, I like this horse to come off from off the pace with a chance here. I went one, five, two. Okay. Um, this is another one I'm hoping to try to get just one five straight exact uh, to come in here. Cogburn, you talk about him and talk about races at Oakland Park. Gosh, he ran a fantastic race at Oakland Park three back. Two back, he got beat by a horse named Whelan Springs, who's really tough at this track. Now, Cogburn never should lose to that horse, but it happened. He still ran awfully well. He ran awfully well in the chick lane at, at Pimlico as well before this layoff. I think if if these two layoff horses are ready, I think they're a little bit better than the rest of this crew. What do you think he'll his odds will be? Uh, he's going to be short. And that's yeah. my hope is like Cogburn's three to five and that you can get life is hard. Who might be like the fourth choice and, and yeah. do kind of, again, another Southwest type of bet where you try to get the favorite in, in, in on top and then try to get maybe a five, six to one shot underneath. Yeah. I think he'll be at least Back six. To pay like seven or eight bucks. Right. With the Jones horse in there and the other aspects. And I think he'll at least be, and then there's a Lucas horse. that will draw some money too. Yeah. I think uh, he'll be five, six to one for sure. Yeah. I think you'll get it. Um, you know, it's the the connections are solid, but they're not, you know, that with both fists type of solid, right? Right. So that's another thing. All another thing. A final point on life is hard. Bullet workout um, on January twenty eighth. Five furlongs in a minute uh, and three fifths. That's a pretty good workout. I, I don't care really about workouts, but when one's coming off a layoff, yes, it is kind of nice to see that they're pretty sharp. Absolutely. So it means the horse is sound. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's I don't know, we'll, we'll give it a shot. We'll see what happens there. But I think that five could be the upsetter. All right, a couple of questions or comments uh, before we move on here. Steve says he believes the Triple Crown races are too close together. 
and it's too much to ask the best sources, uh, the best of the best sources on three weeks rest. That's his opinion there. I'll touch on that in a second. And he said with that, he's with us. Skip the derby for those Baffert horses. Try the Breakness. It would be very interesting. He also likes Gun Pilot. So uh, quick thoughts on the Triple Crown spacing. I tend to lean towards what Steve is saying with the caveat of if they change it, there will be a mutiny on our hands. And I don't know if we're ready for that or not. Um, what, what do you think? Do you think that's ever going to get changed? Here's what you're dealing with. It's tradition. It's tradition. You know, yeah. it's hard to change something that's been around. So ever, <clears throat> Shadi kind of makes a point. Yeah. So what makes the Triple Crown so prestigious? Um, but times have changed. You know, they don't train horses the same way they used to. Yeah. And I think because of the value of them in the breeding shed, they don't want to get them injured. And that's why they don't run them every three weeks like they used to. Yeah. So it is very difficult on a horse to do this. Um, of course, Baffert's proved it twice. He can make it happen. And so then you got to go that argument. As recently as a couple of what has it been now, three or four years ago, four years maybe, mm -hmm. we had back-to-back -back triple crown winners, didn't we? Well, not back-to-back. -back. We had one in 2015, one in 2018. Okay, so there were two years in between. So there's the argument that it can be done. I mean, that wasn't that long ago. Now, there was a huge gap between 2015 and the one before. Right. So I, I, I don't think it's going to change in the next three or four years. I, I just can't see it happening because of tradition more than anything else. I think the, the biggest thing here is it's – I don't think they – it's going gonna, it's gonna to devalue it for sure if they change it. There's no doubt. But I think the problem we're having is we're not – those three races, you got the Derby and everybody kind of points for that, and that's great, and that's a big race. And that Preakness is just – it's getting it's killed. And that's the one, man. It, it is just getting killed. It has not been it's good. True. Like, it um, is hurting the other two. Yeah. The yeah. Belmont is too. It's not – if, well, if Bel you don't have a triple crown chance, the, Bel the Belmont. Belmont's always going to have a problem, and it doesn't really have anything to do with the spacing. It's it's a mile and a half race. And yes, some horses it just you just you they can't do it. Oh, so why don't they change that? Well, they can't. They can't change that. They just can't. Um, well, but the, it is the the Belmont. It takes a special type of horse, uh, and it, it really pigeonholes who can go. Like, uh, I, I can't think of one off the top of my head, but there's a million every year where it's like they just they can't get a mile and a half. It's just, that's no, not they just can't. you know. No. So they never um, run it. What's that? They never run a mile and a half. No, and that's just it. Like, like you know, you take a horse like Modonigal last year. Well, he was perfect. Like he's a mile and a half. -er. It Nest was too. Yeah. Um, you know. They just run, run, run. Some of them don't. So, yeah. yeah. So, I tell you the thing that worries me, and you know, you'll know what I'm going to say. And I've said this since got into this. I shudder every Kentucky Derby until those races are out in that track going. One of these days, with yeah. 20 horses, we're yeah. going to have a pile up. We're going to have a couple of horses killed. We're going to have a jockey killed. 
And that's going to kill horse racing. And because it's the only race I know of where 20 horses run. Yep. And it's yep. too many. So that's, if you're talking about changes, that's the number one change that right. I think can be done over anything else because it's dangerous. It is dangerous. And you know, if you've never been to the track, say you just watch on TV or you just watch that race, you've never heard those horses come out of that gate and you've never seen them go by. You don't realize how fast they're going and you don't realize how close together they are. And how powerful they are too. Yeah. yeah. And that's with 12 horses. Yeah. You know, more, most races don't have more than 12. To me, it's pretty simple. It's pretty it's simple logic. You it is. And it spins everything up. Once a year, and it's in your biggest race, it doesn't make any sense. It, 14 would be fine, in my opinion. But yeah. And the it, other thing it does, when you got 20, it screws. Alert a lot of times the best horse, as we saw last year, doesn't yeah. want to run the derby because there's so much traffic. There's so much crap that can happen. Yeah. And if you draw an outside post, it, it's just. Yeah. I don't well, we know why they do it. It's money. And well, I'll give you another thing. If you cut down the derby field to 14, all of a sudden you've got six horses that may have wanted to run in the derby. Maybe they'll go to the preakness. Yeah, it makes the next race better. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So well, let's, let's face it. 20 best three-year-olds, and they all run in the derby. Right. And basically the winner, maybe a couple other stragglers, are the only ones that really want to go to the Preakness after this. That's right. And, so. you know, most of the – there's a lot of those horses that they don't they don't belong in the Derby. No. Now the argument's going to be, well, look what happened last year, and right. that's, that's true. Yeah. But it doesn't happen very often. The other thing that I would like to see changed is draw them – Based on how many points they've earned. Right. I agree with that as well. Yeah. Why do you put a horse that may have 10 points and he gets the draw and he gets the eight slot or the seven slot? Yeah. And here's a horse maybe with 100 points and his draw is number 20. Now that's really fair. Yeah. If you're going mean, to have 20 horses, then huh? if you're going to have 20, then they should have some order of preference over the points that they've earned. Yeah. yeah let the, it's like they do in every other sport, you know, whoever, like in the, in the NFL, whoever's had the best record gets home field. Yeah. Well, whoever's won the has the most points gets to draw or gets to say, "Hey, I want the eight slot or I want the four slot." And this makes sense to me, but like I said, if you're gonna keep it, if you got it, if it's fourteen and draw where you draw, but if you keep it at twenty, and those positions are so important. I agree. Yeah. You have something changed there as well. There's there's little things you could do to to change it to make it all better, but you know, that without you know ruining. The allure of uh, yeah. races in five weeks, you know. But I don't know what you can do about the Preakness. It's just kind of there, you know. There's some maybe go ahead and put another week, add another week before you have it instead of three, make it four. I don't think they will do that. I just don't think they will do that. So no, I don't either. But. We'll see. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they ever kind of tweak it. Uh, but I it's wouldn't count on tradition. Yeah. This is a really a tradition sport. I mean, right. a lot of them are, but yeah, it's hard, hard to change it. It really is. Um, final horse racing thing here. Uh, oh, I was going to say, by the way, the closest we ever came to that disaster scenario was the maximum, maximum security 
um, War of Will thing. I don't know how War of Will didn't go down that day when he got bumped and he was ahead of every horse but one. What a mess. What, what would have happened? I, I don't really know. And that was, I want to say during, you know, I may not be, I may not be right about that. I think the Santa Anita thing was going on too around that time. Not sure though. Uh, don't better not say that. All right. Uh, Trish asks thoughts on Santa Anita Derby, Bob Baffert fields or Santa Anita, Bob Baffert fields. I should say this weekend, four horse race in the Robert Lewis, Bob Baffert has all four. I mean, you're, you're, you're not the hardcore racing person. So this is good to ask. I mean, any interest for you, somebody who watches it, but not, I don't have to watch every single race type of guy. Any interest in this for you? Well, no. And there's a couple of one. There's only four races or horses in the race that I don't like to watch a four horse race very yeah. well. Yeah. And when there's no other, no, not really, because we know which trainer's going to win. And we, I don't we'll get into this a little bit deeper coming off on uh, coming up on bleakers off in a couple of hours, but yeah. it's, where are the horses? That's the thing. Like you watched California racing during the summer when the two-year-olds debut at Del Mar and even their fall meet and they, they have two-year-old main special weights and the fields are usually, it may, if they're not full, they still are larger fields. Yeah. And then you get to this point and Baffert's the only one that's entering horses. I, I want to say 14 out of the 16 or 15 out of the 17 nominations for this race were Bob Baffert horses, which means only two trainers in Southern California nominated a horse for the race, let alone entered a horse for the race. That's unbelievable. Yeah. What's the purse? I think it's, what is it? 250 or three. It's not, it's not very much. And magic pointed that out, that the purses out there are not great for. No, they're not. Uh, let me pull it up so I can tell you exactly. It's 200, 200,000. Yeah, that's not much. Yeah. Um, if you don't think your horse can win. Right. Didn't that tell you they don't think they have a horse that can beat him? Yeah, and that's just it. And that's what Michael alludes to as well. But, you know, you, you've got a, you've got horses out there that I would think it's like you got to enter them eventually. Like, what, yeah. are, you, what are you doing? So I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. either. That's that's odd. I mean, a lot of people want to blame Baffert for that. I don't really think, what do you want him to do? You know, What's like to do? say, I don't want to take that horse. Yeah. Uh, I, I, so I don't, I don't think it's a Baffert problem. I think it's more of a California problem. So, well, I, I, yeah, I maybe that that. purses, you know, Southwest ran for triple. Yeah. You can't beat those purses. Maybe um, it would have made a difference or would make yeah. a difference. I don't know. So I don't know. I don't know. I just don't think there's anything to do about it. Um, if these owners want to continue to give their horse to him, well, that's what are you going to do? Yeah, yeah, exactly. The other thing, before we close the book on this Kentucky Derby deal, the horse racing industry, they don't understand, I don't think, that most people, they might watch three, four, five races a year. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. They don't know anything about it. And if they're going to watch a race, they're going to watch the Kentucky Derby. Yeah. They don't understand there's 20 horses in the field and any other time there's just eight or 10. They don't get that. Yeah. The problem is what the horse race industry needs to understand. If something tragic happens in that Kentucky Derby, yeah, they're going to take a hit that they may not recover from because people don't, they don't realize Horses get hurt. Mm -hmm. They get hurt. 
jockeys get hurt. That's part of the game. We hate it, but it's part of it. Most people don't get that, but they're going to see it on the main race, and that's what scares me the most yeah. about that. Because yeah, people like you and me, we know this happens. It can happen anywhere in any race. Right. But general public, they don't get it. Yeah, they do not get that at all. Yeah, uh, most people don't, most people don't realize there's 14 other races that day at right. the Kentucky Derby. A lot of people think that's the only one. Yeah, yeah. Again, yeah, <laughs> the general public doesn't really have a good understanding no. for that kind of stuff. And no. uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's scary. It really scares me. I'm afraid it's going to happen one of these days, but maybe not. I mean, hopefully not. Hopefully not. But I, I'm with you. We think about that a lot. Scares me. Even in our circle, we're like, yeah, gosh, it's a lot of horses. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, last question here: Are other are, are, are other trainers saving their best until closer to the Derby? I, I'm guessing talk about California horses. Yeah, maybe that that could be part of it, saving them for for you know the next the last two rounds of preps. Uh, yeah. I think I think when you have like a practical move, for example. Who won the low South charity? Maybe he's waiting until the San Felipe and uh, and the San Anita Derby. I think when these point races early have such a low you know point total that you can get, that's kind of that's possible. What happens? You just people wait, you know. What did they get for the Southwest? Ten. Uh, I think Southwest was worth twenty. Twenty. Yeah, but the other ones are worth fifty and a hundred. So yeah, yeah, big difference. That's, that's a good basically. point. That's a good point. It could yeah. be waiting. Yeah, could be waiting. Um, and, you know, as Marla, you probably know, you know, the big horses from a, as two-year-olds, as a Forte and a Cave Rock, you know, they're waiting for them as well. They're kind of getting them back going right now, uh, gearing up for March races. So, yeah, I'm sure California. But these fields have never been like this before, have they? Yeah, I mean, they're always pretty light, but never like he has 80% or 100%. Yeah, that's what I meant. That's what Maybe I meant. he has 50% of them, you know. Yeah. So, oh, well. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, it is what uh, it is. let's go. What do I have lined up? Here we go. Going to pull up the Super Bowl. We'll talk about it for a minute here before we get out of here. Uh, it's interesting. Just what day was that? Wednesday. It was two and a half for Philadelphia. And we all kind of thought, well, maybe this is settling down to the line where we think. No. Philadelphia now a one and a half point favorite. Uh, so the line has moved again. What What are your thoughts on uh, this game as of right now? Well, I kind of said it yesterday. I think the Chiefs should be a one-and-a-half-point favorite. I guess they're not because of Mahomes, I guess, and the receivers kind of banged up. It's, it's I don't know how hurt the receivers are. Have you heard anything? I haven't really heard no, much. No new update on anything yet. I think it's right. still a little early. So maybe that's the reason. I don't know. Uh, I am an Eagles fan. I am, and I hope they win. But I wasn't impressed with the Eagles Sunday. I, I just wasn't because I watched a team do what they should do to a team that did ha had no chance after the quarterback went out. Yeah. They had no chance to win the game. When all you're going to do is run the ball, it's pretty easy to stop you. And eventually your defense is going to cave in. And that's exactly what happened. The 49er defense finally, you know, just caved in. And you take away the penalties that their defense got, which I know you can't, 
I just I, I think if Purdy had stayed in the game, the Niners might have won the game. Am I the only one that thinks that? I just came away not as impressed with the Eagles as most people are. I didn't think they ran. I didn't think they moved the ball very well. They didn't look great. And I don't know if it was a situation where they kind of felt like we've got this game in hand. Maybe. In a way. And it's like, well, we're all right. Like, we, we've got them. Uh, you know, we kind of they, – they got ahead, and it's just like, yeah, we're, we're better than them. They can't move the ball. Just don't make any mistakes. Like, they don't give be. them any points type of thing. That may be. They may have changed their game plan. I, I heard the announcer, by the way, I like those two guys that did the game. Uh, I heard him say uh, they'll change their game plan now. As soon as that quarterback went out, I think his yeah. name's Greg Olson. I Greg believe. Olson. So, yeah, I'll talk about that in a second, but go ahead with your point. Yeah. When he said that, I thought that's pretty good because they, they will, because they now know they don't have to score a lot of points. And the only way the 49ers can win is yeah. if they make mistakes. And I thought that was a very good point. Yeah. You made, so you may, you may be totally right. They may have to shut it down. They knew they had once they got up twenty one seven. They knew, yeah, they had the game. So that is a good point. They may have just kind of shut things down and not show everything they they've got. Yeah, uh, I'm still taking the Chiefs at this point, unless something comes up and you know other injuries pop up. I think the big key at minus the injury situation, which is big, but I think the big key is uh, the Chiefs really were able to dominate the front of the Bengals. Yes. Uh, it, they couldn't run the ball. They couldn't protect the quarterback. It should be a different story in this game. It, it, they, they should have some trouble with the Eagles front. And I think the Eagles offensive front will be much better than Cincinnati. The Chiefs have had trouble stopping the run, and that could be a big, big okay. factor that leans the Eagles' way. Um, both with Hurts and their, their – I mean, their ground attack is is fantastic. I, you know, I think well, that could be a big factor for the Eagles. Were you impressed, I was, at how the Chiefs won? They won the game, and Mahomes was fine, but he didn't have to win the game for them. No, they you won know? it with the defense. They won. did. Yeah. And that's something they haven't done. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sandy and I were sitting there watching it, and when the, when, when the Bengals got the ball back, with like what two twenty six to go, something mm-hmm. like that. They stopped him and they had to punt it. You know, we both looked at each other and said, "They've got this game right where they want it." Yeah. And then they completed that pass on third and nineteen, I think it was, and they got the first down. The Beagles yep. did. Yep. And it was up around the 38, 40 yard line. I thought and when that was, happened, the game was over. I yeah. did too. Mm-hmm. And then. They made one of the dumbest play calls I've ever seen. I, it, they got like I think it was just a little pass to a back out there, and he was covered, and mm-hmm. they got like two yards, and then Burles threw a deep ball, had no chance. I thought they they, I did not think Burles played very well. I didn't think he hit. I didn't. I thought he was off, and I think it was the Chiefs' pressure. Yeah, like, it was the pressure. Doing. Yeah, the yeah. pressure. The, their front. Their front. Absolutely made his life a living hell that night. And you said that was what if that happened, the Chiefs were going to win, and that's exactly what happened. Yep. Uh, I just thought the Bengals kind of hung on all day, and uh, then I thought they were going to win. I did. The whole game, I was watching, and I felt like the Chiefs are—they should be way ahead of them. Yes. You know, like early in the game, I'm like, they should have been ahead, like twenty-seven to nothing or twenty-seven yeah. to three, and. 
They yeah. blew all those chances, and then, you know, they had the injuries, and they really stalled, and I thought, oh, man, I, I don't know. Like, this this is going to be – the Bengals are going to win this thing. And then the Bengals could not take advantage no. um, uh, of that offense stalling out. And said they, they made enough plays. That they, the Chiefs got a lot of calls for they sure. Did. However, I bet Cincinnati, and I'm like, they had every chance in the world they did. to win. And they when, when you play Mahomes and you get the ball and it's tied with 226 to go, you have to run out the clock and win the game. You have to. Yep. And they had that opportunity and they didn't do it. And then, you know, the penalty they got at the end, there's no excuse for that. There yeah, just that, isn't. The problem with that penalty was it was a hundred thousand million percent a penalty. Number one, it was a penalty, and anybody that says it's not is wrong. Well, and I think the problem people had is they the, the Bengals did not get a couple of roughing the pass. That's true. Calls. I agree with and that. Couple that with all the shitty calls that went the Bengals' way, and yes. that was tip the iceberg. But when he did that, before I even saw the penalty, I said, "Well, there's a they're going to kick like a forty yard field goal." Now. Yeah, I mean, but you can't do that. So. No, and it was so – well, here's the other thing. you got to know it's Mahomes. You yeah. can't hit him. Yeah. But he was two two feet out of bounds. I mean, you know, had both feet out of bounds and they hit him. It was not even close. No. Now, I think there was eight seconds left whenever that happened, wasn't there? It was – yeah, eight seconds, yeah. So yeah. was that third down or fourth down? That was third down. Okay, so they would have got another play. Yeah, I mean, he gets the first down. I mean, you're you're kicking like a 58-yard field goal. But he could have run another play in eight seconds. Yeah, They could have run a little out pattern or something because they had another timeout. They could have even thrown it over the middle. No guarantee that they wouldn't have got closer to where he could have made that field goal. Right. But it's still, you just can't do that in that situation. You can't no. do it. No. But uh, I just think – the Chiefs, I was very impressed with the fact that the Chiefs won the game and Mahomes didn't have to do some something real heroic. I mean, that was a great run he made right there. But yeah. he obviously was hurting in that game. He did not have the mobility that he yeah. normally has. Their so, offense will have to be better. It'll have to be a lot better um, to it will. get the job done uh, against the Eagles. The Eagles will be able to move the ball a little bit better because I think their offense is just built a little differently than that Bengals offense. Uh, and it starts with the offensive line. And yeah, I mean, Jared chimes in now and I think he's right in what you're alluding to. You had one more play. They probably would have gotten within range. Maybe they don't I get as so. close, but they're probably within range to make it. Well, they had eight seconds. You can do a lot in eight seconds. Yeah. And like I say, they had their timeouts. So they could have thrown something over the middle, you know, like 10 yards over the middle. Yeah. And and that's a very good point. And I, I do think that we're putting just a little bit too much on that penalty because they did have timeouts and they had eight seconds. So yeah. it wasn't necessarily. It, you know, a lot of the penalties that went against them, the, the, the three on that, that drive where they gave them like six chances to get a first down, the Bengals stopped them. You know, if that would have led to a touchdown, then you're like, wow, they really got screwed. But they, exactly. they got screwed, but it didn't really affect them. It did know? not. So it, it really – they got some horrible calls, but at the end of the day, they had every chance in the world to win, and they did. Yep. So If um, I was a Chiefs fan, I would be happy with the way my defense – is playing. 
Yeah. Oh, for sure. They won the game. They won the game for him for yep. sure. Russ says y'all pulling for Jalen Hurts. You pop a dude is for sure. He loves yeah. Jalen Hurts. I do. I like his toughness. I, I loved him when he was at OU. Yeah. I don't know if he's good enough to pull this off. Uh, he is with his feet. I think he's going to have to make plays with his arm. We're going to have to see uh, if he can do it. Uh, it's a different style the Chiefs are going to have to defend, though. Because they can't just all out rush this guy. Nope. No, he'll be got to change their pass rush because you've got to uh, make sure you know where he is at all times. You're right. It's it's different. Like he he's not a good a quarterback as as Joe Burrow, but he might be able to expose some things on that Chiefs defense that is a weakness. So it's give and take. Uh, It is. The Eagles are not going to be easy to stop, but. Uh, neither are the Chiefs. So <laughs> no, it's a fascinating matchup. It's going to be a great game, and uh, the, the the NFL got what they wanted. So, mm-hmm. uh, and I agree. You know, I'm not a guy that blames referees very often. They didn't the 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 calls favored the Chiefs, but the thing the Chiefs still won the game. They did enough to win the game, yep. and you know you got to get past it. You know, they're well, they're there, and had their defense not played like it had. They wouldn't yeah. have been there. The the Cincinnati, uh, you know, the uh, crowd or fans or whatever. They also that nobody talks about. You punted him to like the thirty yard line, and he let the guy take it to the midfield. Absolutely, like, that's another make thing. Play, make, like make a tackle on the punt return, and the Chiefs were not getting in field goal. No, right there was nobody near that guy. There was nobody near him. No, and so. End of the day, there was a play there where they have made it. They could have got into overtime. Well, Who knows what happens because the Chiefs' offense was really bogged down. Right. And, and if you're one of the best quarterbacks in the league, you win that game. Well, that's the, I know that. Yeah, that's. But I'm saying there's other things you can point to as well. Oh yeah. Where it's it's no doubt. Every chance, so. And I still say is. this: I don't care where you're at. You can't run your mouth off like they did. Yeah. The week before, it comes yeah. back to bite your butt. Every time, and to, and, to, and, to, and to say anything derogatory about Arrowhead Stadium and coming in there, and you're going to be on the Chiefs, and all—that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. It's yeah, just, they really—they screwed up. In a you big don't game. do that. You <laughs> just don't do that. I mean, Chiefs are the kings. It's that simple. I mean, if you're going to get to the Super Bowl from the AFC, you got to go through the Chiefs. It's that simple. Yeah, it is, and and it, it's it's hard enough to go in there and win as it is. And so, yep. Yeah, it's yeah. It, that was dumb, and you could tell the Chiefs it, it bothered them, and they had, they had their attention. So it did. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. were going to get their attention enough without doing that. I'll tell you. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah, Kelsey. You know, he was he was it very much upset him. You could tell uh, he had some choice words. <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> That's pretty. Tell good. Kelsey is a is a wrestling fan because he had he had some wrestling lines. I can see him being a wrestler. I could too. That might be when he retires, he might go in and do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. The so, only yeah. thing I don't like about Travis Kelsey, and unless you live here, you won't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Him and Aaron Sachs on those commercials, I just about throw up every time. It's funny. It's funny because Kelsey. Like they portray him as like this straight edge on those commercials too, you know. Yeah. He's not, I mean, Kelsey's not a bad guy at oh, all. Oh god, no. Wrong, but he's not a straight edge guy. Yeah. Either, so it's hilarious. Now, some of them are kind of funny, but the commercials. But I mean, you can just tell 
Aaron Sachs worships this guy. Yeah. <laughs> he loves him. It's a, it's a weird dynamic. It's a very uncomfortable. It really is. Yeah, it's, very uncomfortable. Uh, it's funny. All right. Well, that's all we got. You got any? Got anything? Um, uh, I just I want to just briefly get your opinion on a couple of things. And okay. No, 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 no. This is not sports. Okay. Uh, Tom Brady, what do you think? Oh, that's right. Yeah, we said we were going to talk about Tom. Um, just briefly. I hate that he came back this year. I wish he yeah. this year. Yeah. I, I'm going to miss him. Yeah, sure. sure. And I think the NFL is going to miss him because he, yeah. he was a story. Yeah. And I think he finally realized that he's got to have a great team around him with the way he has to play now. He simply cannot move. And I think he finally dawned on him, hey, I gotta have a tremendous offensive line. I've got to have a great running game. I gotta have great receivers. I got no chance. And I think he found that out this year. But Dennis says he'll be back. I, I don't know. I, I just don't think he can do this twice. I just he, don't think he can. He seemed to be in hell this year. Yeah, he didn't enjoy it. <laughs> That's the way I would describe it. He seemed to be very unhappy. So Yeah. He got a divorce. I mean, this guy, he's been through some shit. Yeah. This shit. He has. And I, I just think I just think he kind of regretted the decision he made to come back. Yeah. I don't think he's coming back. No, I think he's done. I but you know, I don't know that we'll ever see another guy like him. I just don't to play the game at the level he did at that age. Is remarkable, and he still threw the ball well. Yeah, yeah. No, when he when he had time, he still looked like. Oh yeah, he still zings it, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah I'll miss him, but I'm glad. I'm glad it's time. It's time. it's time. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to throw out some teams, college basketball teams. You tell me, okay, what you think their chances are to make the Final Four. Oh, okay. Not just to win the national championship. Just the final four, yeah. Or to make a significant run. Let's say oh, that. Oh, let's say final four. Okay, all right, here we go. Yeah. I got the top 20 right here in front of me. Okay. 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 Number one is Purdue. 20% chance. Isn't that amazing that here's a team that yeah. year in and year out is right there. Yeah. And – you said 20%? Yep. I don't know that I will go that high. Okay. <laughs> I don't think they'll be there. No. And I'm very I'm I'm very uh respectful of them. I think they I just don't know. They never do. They just get upset somewhere along the line. Yeah. Yeah. Now I I will say this. I've watched them quite a bit this year. The big kid inside is a matchup problem for anybody. They always have a big kid inside. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they do. All right. They always have that. Yeah. Number two right now, and they lost last night, so we know what our answer is, Tennessee. No. <laughs> like eight All right, so we've already knocked out number one and number two. I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet Tennessee to make the Final Four ever. All right. Number three, Houston. <laughs> they made it last year. No, oh, I know. And they, they <laughs> gosh. I don't know. Probably 
I like 10%. 10% chance. I, I, 10? Yeah. They're pretty good. I don't know though. Anytime they play anybody good, they kind of they don't they don't play as well. I have not seen them enough this year. I don't have to see them. I know what they are. Yeah. Uh, a lot of their chances are the matchups they have getting into it. Yeah. You know, if they play a super talented team, yeah, might not be able to score enough. You know, I'm going to rate them thirty five percent. Oh, they made it last year. No, oh, who's next? All right, number four, <laughs> Alabama. Point one percent chance. Any team that can come into Norman, Oklahoma, and get beat by twenty-four is zero percent. They have flaws all over the place. Point. I'll give them point one. Anybody, anybody can get hot. Point one percent. I think they have the talent. I just don't think that. So. The top four teams so far. Right, what'd you give Purdue? Ten? A, t- a twenty. I gave twenty. Is that your top choice so far? And they got twenty percent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Number yeah. five, right now, is Arizona. Um, I give them a better shot than the last few you mentioned. I- I'd say ten to twenty. I'll go ten. I think they lost at home to a horrible team. Yeah, but I, I, I think they're. Yeah, I don't like them. Yeah, they're soft. Number six, Virginia. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I, yeah, this is going to be wide open. The show. I don't, <laughs> I don't like Virginia. That's the point I'm getting at here. Yeah, they're the type of team though. They play the same all the time. Yeah, yeah. Again, matchups. They get some team that wants to run up and down the floor. And they can slow them down and yeah. frustrate them. They can beat them. But yeah. Yeah. I don't think they're that good. So, okay, uh, seven, Kansas State. A zero. Right. Zero. Are you shocked they're as good as they are? This is unreal. Yeah. Man, but they're, in a long time. They're going to get beat in the first round. <laughs> Not the, they're right. going to beat in the first weekend. The first weekend, I think. All right, here we go. Number eight, Kansas. I don't think they're very good. They're starting to play. They're a team that'll they'll get better. I mean, they've got a shot. They they've got to get a shot as any, but I mean, they don't. Absolutely, they don't impress me very much. Last two games, they went in Kentucky. They're not as good as they have been, but they kicked them. Yeah, they beat the snot out of K State the other night. The Bill Self's teams usually come on at the end of the year. I mean, they're my pick right at the moment, and I don't think they're that good. I don't think they should be your pick. All right. Um, I don't know that there's any reason to go on. You have number no, nine is UCLA. There's two left in the top ten. Who's All right, two? UCLA. I, I would give them a shot. That they. Yeah, they might be my second pick. Yeah, I mean, I and I don't think they're they're great, but I think they will be good enough to get there, and they will okay. they play the style of ball where you could get. They them. do. Yeah. Number ten is Texas. If their coach hadn't got arrested, <laughs> I really like them, and I really liked him. I do, too. Coach. At times, they look really good. I watched them the other night against uh, Baylor, and I thought they looked really good. But I, with what's happened, I don't – I can't. Well, and they don't ever make a run. Texas never makes a run. 
Yeah, but they had the guy that could do it. I mean, yeah, I, I agree. This guy almost won the national championship, and they had yeah. it really in their hands against at Texas Tech. So yeah, it, it would have been he. He's a phenomenal coach, but again, I I don't know, I don't know where he'll show up if he shows up again. Yeah, um, he's a great coach, but obviously not a good human. So yeah, um, and there's going to be a sleeper come out of nowhere, but I I couldn't tell you who in the heck that might be. No, but I I do think it sets up as it's going to get crazy because th these teams are not anywhere no, near dominant. No, there is not a dominant team anywhere. No, in this, um, you've got you know the Big Twelve is just a cluster. It's just who knows. But normally, when you have a conference like this and you get into that tournament, they don't play very well. Yeah, I don't know whether they're wore out. Yeah, going into it. So it's hard to pick a Big 12 team other than Kansas. The SEC is pretty tough with Alabama and Auburn and Tennessee, but those aren't traditional tournament teams. No. You know, your traditional team, Kentucky, is struggling. Uh, Arkansas is not playing very well. Um, I wouldn't give up on them yet. Then you've got the Big 10 which is down just a little. I mean, they're yeah. still solid, but they don't have that great team other than Purdue because Michigan State's not very good. Ohio State's not very good. Uh, Michigan's not very good. So, and then you got UCLA and you got Arizona. And uh, what uh, the Big East is not as strong. They still are good. You got Providence, you got Xavier. But those um, teams aren't going to make the final four. They're not final four teams. I don't think they are either, but no, somebody's, somebody's got to. I know. Gonzaga's down. They're not near what they've been. No. This is probably year they make it. <laughs> probably. Yeah. St. Uh, Mary's might be the best team in that conference. Yeah. Yeah. So it's wide open. Trying to pick these games every night is so hard. You don't know yeah. who's going to show up. Last night, I got lucky with Pittsburgh. Went into North Carolina. Pittsburgh's pretty good. By the way, did you see who Pittsburgh's coach is? No. Jeff Capel, who was at ah, Oklahoma. Really? Yeah. Wow. They, they're pretty good. They played yeah. great. They got behind and came back. So, Oh, another team, Duke's not as good as they have been. Yeah, you knew that would happen. Yeah. They're still pretty good, but they're not. Yeah. Now, come tournament time, who knows? Yeah. Same thing with North Carolina. They can turn it on it. That's the deal. When you get into those tournaments, those tournament-tested teams, tradition-rich, they're hard to knock out of there. Yeah, you saw it last last year. North Carolina, yep. Duke, Kansas all made it. That's right. Those teams are hard to deal with when you get yeah. in there. It's going to be a heck of a tournament coming down the stretch, I tell you. Yeah, it's going to be entertaining. That's going to be entertaining yeah. for sure. His second straight year where it's just like, ooh, I don't know. There's no dominant team whatsoever. Yeah. You know what? I think the NBA is wide open. Yeah, it is, but that's not – it doesn't have that. You know, um, your glamour teams in the West, Phoenix, mm -hmm. Golden State, uh, the Lakers to a certain extent, although they haven't been very good for a couple of years, still a glamour team, not very good. No, I – NBA, they'll get, some of those teams that are like that, they'll get going, though. Well, they're, you can't – it's hard to predict it right well, now. They're kind of in the dog days. Yeah. Are you in in hockey? Or are you going with the Bruins? No, I probably won't. I don't know who yet, but one of those teams that get them in the playoffs 
I don't know if they score enough, you know? Yep, I think you can beat them. Um, I don't know who I'm going to go with yet there, but kind of like Minnesota a little bit. Uh, just needing to see what, what teams do at the deadline. That's going to be the key. That's true. Um, there's going to be some movement. So and whoever survives that East. who? And, I mean, you know, the Avalanche are playing a lot better. Right yeah, now. they're starting to play. They're still the team to beat. They are playing great. Yeah. Bruins are good, but I, no, I probably won't pick them to win it. I think, they, I mean, they could make it for sure. Um, I think they're one of those regular season teams. Yeah, which you mean, see they're, sometimes. They're they've got they've got depth, and that's such a huge key in the NHL for the playoffs. So, and they're steady. Yeah, I mean, they're going to be tough. You're going to have to go into that building and beat them, and that's not easy. No, um, but. I just think into the day, you know, the NHL, it's heavy on skill right now. There's a lot of really skilled players, and the Bruins don't have that elite guy. Um, I can see them losing some two to one. Yeah. I think if you could bottle them up, you could beat them. Um, yeah. But listen, they're going to be tough to beat. Oh, yeah. We'll see. Yeah. That's that's going to be, gonna be great too down the stretch. Yeah. Yeah. If you like hockey, it's it's there are really some great hockey teams. There are, yeah. It's uh, there's people who can score. A lot of a lot of teams can really yep. score. So yep. Well, all right. We have got uh Blinkers off is gonna come on in 49 minutes. So at two o'clock central time, we'll have Blinkers off talking now just two Kentucky Derby prep races because of the withers being canceled and moved to next week. But we will talk about that Bob Baffert Invitational and the Holy Bull. And we'll rapid fire a lot of different stakes from around the country. you got stakes races everywhere. Uh, so we'll talk about those, uh, including the Bayacoa uh, that we talked about on this show. We'll talk about that on Bleakers Off as well. And I'm sure we'll recap what happened last weekend. So a lot going on here. Coming up, like I said, 49 minutes away. Uh, yeah, Jason said, another midday stream. Get a job. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm glad. It's, we're lucky that we can do this all day. So, all right. Um, all right, that's it. Any final thoughts? Nope. Okay. Sure I don't have anything. All right, guys. We will be back uh, next week for this show. We'll be back in 45 minutes or so for Blinkers Off. We'll be back tomorrow morning with another dude to bet daily. So, a lot going on. Oh, wait. Magic Mike at 4 o'clock Central Time as well. So, a lot going on. Stay tuned and good luck to everybody playing this weekend. This is Dudes Who Bet Sports. Dudes Who Bet Sports. It's your favorite show. Dudes Who Bet Sports. Where degenerates go. Dudes Who Bet Sports. Time to change your approach with Aaron Holderman and his father, the coach. Let's ride. Well, the Associated Press is full of shit.